This episode is sponsored by Macmillan Audio. If you're like me, there are some authors on your automatic buy list. A new audiobook from them comes out and you can hardly wait to download it because you know it's going to be an amazing reading experience. For me, one of those authors is past a bookish home podcast guest and the multiple award-winning Hank Phillippe Ryan. I'm excited to share she has a heart-racing new thriller called One Wrong Word, and the audiobook is read by Gail Shallon. Hank's thrillers always have complex characters and an intricate plot with twists that will keep you guessing the entire time. And One Wrong Word is no exception. Pre-order One Wrong Word by Hank Phillippe Ryan now, wherever audiobooks are sold. Hello and welcome to A Bookish Home. I'm your host, librarian and writer, Laura Zaro Kapinski, and this week I'm honored to have on the award-winning, renowned team behind the new picture book, A Walk in the Woods, Nikki Grimes and Brian Pinckney. Brian finished the artwork for the book that was started by his late father, the legendary Jerry Pinckney. A Walk in the Woods is a moving account of loss, in which a boy takes a walk in the woods and makes a discovery that changes his understanding of his father. The book has received so many accolades, including being a New York Times Best Children's Book of the Year, a Publisher's Weekly Book of the Year, a Junior Library Guild Gold Standard Selection, and so many more. Kirk has said in a starred review, Together, Grimes and the Pinckneys have produced a profoundly stirring and thought-provoking musing on how the ones we love never really leave us. Joy and hope walk alongside sadness and grief in this unforgettable work. A bit more about this team, Nikki Grimes is the recipient of the Virginia Hamilton Lifetime Achievement Award, the Allen Award for Outstanding Contributions to Young Adult Literature, the Children's Literature Legacy Award, the, Vi- the Virginia Hamilton Literary Award, and the NCTE Award for Excellence in Poetry for Children. She's also received a Cybert Medal and a Prince Honor and a Coretta Scott King Book Award and Honors. Ms. Grimes lives in Corona, California. Brian Pinckney has illustrated many books for children and received both Caldecott Honors and a Coretta Scott King Book Award. He continued illustration of A Walk in the Woods after Jerry Pinckney passed away, supplementing his father's sketches with watercolor painting. He lives with his family in Brooklyn, New York. Brian's father, Jerry Pinckney, who began the artwork for this book, was the author and illustrator of many books for young readers. He received five Caldecott Honors, five Coretta Scott King Book Awards, four Coretta Scott King Honors, an Orbis Pictus Award, and five New York Times Best Illustrated Book Citations. He died in 2021. It's an honor to have you both here today. Your books and Brian, your late father, Jerry Pinckney's books, are just standouts on all classroom and library bookshelves. Thank you for being here. Congratulations on A Walk in the Woods. And Brian, I'm so sorry for the loss of your father. He leaves behind such an incredible legacy of books for kids. And it was just really special to get to read this book. And I've really been looking forward to getting to speak to each of you. And I guess just to start, I would love to hear maybe if we could first start with Nikki about how this collaboration um, with Jerry Pinckney first started. And I know I read in an interview where you said that too few children's books feature Black characters engaging with nature. And that was something we were both interested in changing. Was that sort of the jumping off point here? Or was it something else that got you working on this together? Well, we started off just talking about doing a book in general, because we'd never done one together before. Um, And we shared a panel at the uh, Texas Book Festival in, uh, it was in Austin uh, in 2019. And 
started talking about doing a book together and what that would look like. And, and I talked about uh, the subject of black characters engaging in nature because that's something I was very interested in and wanted to see more books uh, focusing on. And Jerry was in lockstep with that. You know, we, that was an interest that we shared. So we knew whatever the book was about, whatever the story ended up being about, that would be the theme. And it started there. And we talked about what that might be and, you know, how to move forward. And in general, decided that I would uh, come for a visit the following spring. And um, we would go for a walk in the woods um, every day for, you know, like a week. And I'd bring my camera and take pictures and notes. And we'd brainstorm about what this book would be. From what I've heard or seen, is that a little bit unusual for a picture book collaboration? Like, I feel like a lot of times what you hear is it's a very separate creative process, you know, someone writing, you know, in a, in their own time and kind of completing their side and then the illustrator coming in and illustrating or maybe vice versa. Is, is that how you typically work or was that sort of more of a very in-depth collaboration than usual? Well, this was a, uh, unusual in every way. It was the most um, complete collaboration uh, I've ever been involved in. And, uh, and what typified it was Brian kept, I mean, Jerry kept saying he wanted it to be a conversation, um, for the book to be a conversation between, between the author and the artist. And I wasn't quite sure what that meant, but that was where we started talking about a conversation. So it would come somehow it would come from both of us. And initially, I wasn't really sure what to do with that. And so I kept trying to just come up with storylines that might work. And I sent the first in and he was like, no, 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 no. Uh, I want this to be a conversation. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I went back and I came up with another storyline. And he says, no, 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 no. I want this to be a conversation. Well, by the third time out, I realized, okay, this is going to require something different. Somehow I'm going to have to figure out how to conjure a story from that somehow comes from both of us and wasn't quite sure how to do that. But we were having conversations constantly. Now, I wasn't able to go visit because, you know, COVID right. uh, shut down. Um, and so I had to come up with a plan B. And I asked him to take a camera on his walks because he went, you know, for walks every day. And I said, when you take your walks, take a camera now, make video, take photographs and send them to me because that's the closest I'm going to be able to come to the experience that we originally had in mind. And he was up for that. And so he would, you know, send me these videos. Um, but also we were having conversations about nature and things that he saw and anecdotes from, you know, past visits um, to, to the woods. And in the middle of one of these reflections, I stopped him and I said, Jerry, write down what you just told me and send it to me. And, and he said, okay, well, you know, I, 
I did some sketches too. I'm like, send me the sketches. And so that was where it started. So there were these just memories of uh, walks in the woods that he sent me and along with sketches that were connected. And, uh, and then I also started doing research on the region, on the parks, uh, the places where he would walk, what that might look like. Uh, not what and, the- what, and what area was that? I was wondering as I was reading where um, Jerry had lived and been taking you know, this time in the woods. Yeah, Croton on Hudson. The woods were literally outside his door. Oh, okay. Just a few steps and you were <laughs> in the woods. So, um, yeah. And I lived in Osning, which is not far away. So I was familiar with the area, but not the specifics. So I started looking at parks and lakes um, and the, the riverside, uh, specifically where Jerry lived, so that I would have that visual in my head um, as I started to write. And I took these stories and the sketches and began writing poetry from those um, and the combination of what I found in, in my, um, my research online. Uh, and I just kept writing those as he would send me images, as he would send me sketches, as he would send me, you know, re- remembrances. Um, I didn't know where any of it was going, though. There were disparate images and, and stories. And I was like, I got to find a through line. What's going to be the through line? Where's the story here? And I was pulling out what little hair I had left (laughs) and talked with friends. I was like, I don't know where this is coming from. And a friend suggested that I go back and take a look at uh, Mysteries of Harris Burdick, um, which I did. And something clicked for me in that Mm. story. And it was the idea of mystery. So I came out of it thinking, okay, I need some kind of mystery that's going to pull these pieces together. And the idea I came up with was very basic because I don't really do mysteries, but I thought, okay, what if all of these pieces were found, um, were a treasure that was hidden in the woods? um, That this this boy somehow already knew it was going to be a boy was going to find. And so then I began to work around that general idea uh, and the story began to, to come together. And I think I read that you, um, when you heard of Jerry's passing, you weren't sure how, how much he had been able to do or how, or what stage of the process he was in. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? No, I had no idea because, you know, most of us work on multiple projects at any given point in time. So there was no way to know if he had worked it all the way through or he'd gone, you know, was working on other projects and it was waiting somewhere. There just was no way for any of us to know uh, immediately. And Brian, I don't know how much you kind of were talking day to day with your dad about any projects he was working on, did you know anything about this book yet? And kind of how did you come to um, get involved? Well, at first I knew my dad was working on a book with Nikki around nature. 
and around his walks in the woods because those were the woods that I hung out with as a, as a child and did walks with my dad. So I knew it was about animals and nature, but I didn't know the whole story. And when the editor called me after my father had passed and said, oh, do you want to finish the book that your dad started? And my mother also asked me, did I want to finish it? And I said, oh, I don't know. My style's so different than it is, I was thinking. But my mother asked me to do it, so I always do what my mother asked me to do. So I said, <laughs> I would give it a try. Um, and then the editor, um, Neil Porter, said, Brian, do you know what the story is about? And I said, no. He said, I think you should read it. So when I read it, I thought, wow, this is this is our story. You know, this was literally, I think, a week after he had passed. And um, I was in the middle of the grief of him passing and thought, this is my fuel to finish his book. You know, how do I tap into this grief, which is the same grief that the main character is feeling about losing his dad, and bring the art to life? It's so... I, I mean, just, I mean, you describe it in something I read that it was very mysterious and mystical, this whole experience. And even from the outside, it just feels like when I had first heard about the book, I thought that the story must have been influenced by this whole experience of taking on the project after your father had passed. But the fact that the, the grief of this um, main character about losing their father was already you know, the heart of the story is so, um, the story is fully baked. It's, it does have a very mystical, um, feel to it. And I guess just, I'm so curious about the actual illustration process too. So there were sketches. How did you go about, um, trying to finish and, and, and what was that process like? Well, the process was kind of multi-layered and it was like, I was on, an expedition or it was a mystery (laughs) novel and mystery project because I didn't work like my dad specifically, yet I knew how he worked by watching him for years. I also knew that I could not paint the way he painted and had my own style and that for this to work, I was going to have to meld our two styles. Now he had the tight sketches, but they weren't on watercolor paper. So I had to transfer his sketches onto watercolor paper. And at the time, I didn't know if I was going to use my brush line like I work or if I would use his lines and meld them together. I I didn't know. I just thought, just start painting. And a summer before he had passed, I had shown him these underpaintings I had done of these like swirly, muted tones. And I said to my dad at the time, I don't know what these are for, but they're probably underpaintings for something. And I realized they were a version of the underpaintings that I would do for his work. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. And starting with the gray, which is this feeling of grief that I was feeling, gray swirls and then adding natural warm colors like earth tones and greens, and then placing his sketches on top and then realizing, okay, I had to go in and add more detail. So I would put his sketches on a light box, the paper on top of it. I actually used his watercolor paper um, from his studio, his light box. And then I would put my washes over it and see the way they work together still not knowing what a finish was going to look like. And then it came to me that my niece, Charnel, Jerry's granddaughter, would be the perfect person who could electronically combine my dad's sketches and drawings that were so tight and complete um, with the paintings that I had done. So her name is Charnel. Wow, that's 
Yeah. So special. And I guess, Nikki, from your perspective, what was it like to see this, you know, kind of come to fruition after, um, after everything and to kind of see this, you know, come to life? Hmm. Well, first of all, when I found out Brian was going to take up the work, I was relieved, um, but also I just wondered how how it was going to come together. And um, when I saw the work, it kind of took my breath away. There just was nothing typical or usual about any of this, about the process of it, um, about the work itself, um, the fact that Jerry had actually completed all of the drawings and had done them sort of straight through, which uh, Gloria said he'd never done before. She'd never seen him do that in the 62 years they'd been together. So everything about this uh, project was special and unusual and um, definitely mystical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is there a part for each of you that felt like kind of the hardest to get right in terms of your creative process, either the writing or the illustrations? Maybe Brian, if you want to answer that first. Um, that's a good question. I think there was a totality of the the book that my dad had a vision for. And I thought that's going to be very different. Yet I want to keep that core there. Um, and he had a love of nature, a love of drawing, a love of drawing animals. And I knew I did not have the ability to do that specific a drawing the way he did. My mother, while I was working on the book, found the actual sketchbooks that my dad had used, had done. Oh, wow. And I showed them to the art director and editor, and I thought, oh, we can actually bring those into the books. So his actual sketches that he did when he was in nature for the book are in the book. Um, that's so, so cool. And I don't know if you can see them, but they're the spots, you know, I think that it's on the back jacket and in the front and, you know, along with the stories. And it just is the part that I knew was going to be lacking. I thought would be lacking without his, his expertise there, but it was a way of bringing it in. So that, that was a beautiful contribution to the book. Nikki, is there a part of the writing of the book that you felt was like the hardest to get right or a particular aspect you struggled with? Obviously, the Jerry's passing and the change of collaboration and having to navigate all of that would be challenging, but I guess just the, the writing process in general. Well, yeah, I mean that, that aspect of it, you know, by, by that time I, I was completely done. The book was done. Mm. So there weren't any changes or add-ons or, or anything uh, after, after the fact. So, but for, for me, the, the challenge was, Find, finding the story first of all, and you know, and figuring out what the heart of the story um, was going to be, um, mm. because ordinarily the story is where I start, and instead I, I sort of dove in and had to figure out how to conjure conjure a story from bits and pieces from images and a little poetry and you know um so but once once I sorted out what the story was going to be about what the mystery was what the through line was 
that that was really the hard part. And then I, you know, then it was good after that, sort of ran with it. Well, and the book has gotten, I think, you know, every star and so many, um, just such high praise and everything. And, you know, it just got me wondering for, you know, maybe somebody listening who has an interest in writing or illustrating for children. Is there any advice that each of you would give to someone kind of just starting out? Nikki, if you want to maybe take that first. Well, I always say two things. Uh, <laughs> read, 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 and write, write, write. Uh, <laughs> the, if you read extensively and also broadly, um, it's a good basis for any writing because every single genre has something to teach you. Um, besides the one that you want to focus on, you can learn something from each. Um, and the level of your writing is always going to be reflected in, in the quality and expanse of your reading. And then write, 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 because writing is a muscle that has to be exercised. The only way to get good at it is to do it a lot. I think that's great advice. Brian, how about you? It's so similar on the art front. Look at as much art as you can, what you love to look at, and draw, 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 paint, paint, paint. Um, because again, it's it's a muscle, and it's also the way you draw and the way you paint is only going to come through repetition over and over again, and finding out what it is that's your voice with with a paintbrush or a pen. Um, and then in terms of children's books, the stories. I find usually have a, some personal element to it with me, like the way that I write, the, the way that I paint, the things that I choose to paint. Um, so really knowing what it is that I love and making pictures of that. Well, Brian, that's making me wonder too. I wanted to ask, so I'm assuming you were sort of steeped in um, the world of children's books growing up. And I would love to hear about what that was like. I did read that you spent lots of time kind of playing under your dad's drawing table while he was working. You modeled for some of his books. What was that like to um, have this famous illustrator father? And um, did you know from a young age that, you know, that was something that you wanted to do as well? You know, from a young age, it was something that I loved to do as well. <laughs> so I was already doing it. Um, and I just thought it's what you do. I make art. I make images. And my dad does that also. And I learned from him. And his books got published. And, you know, as his fame grew, I didn't see him any differently. He was still my dad who was drawing and painting. And I was learning from him. And um, it just seemed so natural. So, you know, there's that term following in his footsteps. There was that. There was also the fact that I was actually, you know, as on a journey, I was walking in my own footsteps next to him, you yeah. know, and um, and he was validating that all along the way, you know, he's always validating me all along the way. And um, I never doubted that I could, that I could do it. Well, and it's, it just seems to be kind of a, a family affair as well. I, I know your wife, Andrea Davis Pinckney is also big in the children's book world. I was saying to Nikki before we got on, I, for a short time after college, I worked at Scholastic on some of the, 
you know, little book club books and I would have to um, drop things at your wife's office for approval and would be very starstruck and mm-hmm. excited to get a little glimpse of her and, um, you know, was kind of following everything you and she and um, your dad were doing and creating and it just such a legacy there. And I just wonder, do you like, you know, even now with you and Andrea, do you just like sit around your house and talk about children's books and what you're creating and what's that all like? Well, we try not to do it all the time, (laughs) but (laughs) you know, at dinner, it's always, it always comes up, you know, there's always something we're working on together or something, you know, interesting about her job or what I'm working on. And and again, she's the perfect person to be you know, discussing any type of situations I'm having in the publishing industry or with my creative process. And likewise, I do that for her. It's very cool. Um, well, um, Nikki, I know you mentioned that it's so important as a writer to be reading widely. Um, I would love to hear if there are any books, and it can be a book for kids or a book for adults, any books that you um, have read lately that you'd want to recommend to listeners. Mm, Why Fathers Cry in the Night by Kwame Alexander. I love memoir. It's my favorite genre. Uh, and I, I recently started diving into this one, and I'm, and I'm loving it. It also exemplifies what I tell people. Novel means new. And the only way to tell a story, the best way to tell a story, is the way that works for you. And his memoir is written in poetry and prose and recipes. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. I, I love him. I need to add that to my to my reading list. Um, I'm sure that's a fascinating memoir. Um, Brian, how about you? Has there been anything good lately that you've been reading that you'd want to recommend? Um, well, the book I'm reading now is Ain't Burned All the Bright. And um, it's Jason Reynolds. And the artwork mm-hmm. is by Jason Griffin. And it's, I don't even know what it is. It's a novel. It's a, it's a, but it's full of pictures and images and, um, you know, again, very different. And um, it's definitely new. And, uh, and that just seems to be the thing that's on my desk right now. But I go through books very rapidly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and another such a great author. I'll have to add that as well. Um, well, I know that you are both always um, busy on lots of different projects. So I guess just lastly, I'd love to hear if there's anything you can tell us about um, any projects in the works or any books to come. Brian, did you want to start with that? Well, I'm actually finishing up the last book that my father had started. Um, and it's called The Littlest Drop, which will be out Probably, um, I would think a year from now because the art is due next month. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. Are you able to say anything about what that one's about yet? Well, it's about a hummingbird that um, oh. has to, um, you know, help put out a forest fire in Africa, you know, and um, needs the help of all the other animals to help him do it. And, uh, you know, oh, it's, nice. Yeah, it's beautiful the way it's coming out so far. Wonderful. Nikki, what do you have coming? I have, let's see, uh, A Cup of Quiet, which is a story, again, about nature. It's about uh, a little girl who's um, visiting her grandmother, and while she's there, she goes into the garden to collect the sounds um, that she finds there. Oh, Yeah. That sounds and, great. Um, 
And the other is uh, Stronger Than, which is really exciting for me. It's a, a, a story I collaborated with another author, a Choctaw author, and it's about a black Choctaw boy and the story of his family. I won't get into details, but um, yeah. Uh, it's an opportunity to create books for a new demographic. Um, there are so many intersections of children who have never seen themselves represented in a book. And um, so I'm really excited to bring a Black Indigenous character um, into the picture book world. That's wonderful. And so, so and great for... Here. 2025. Oh, great. Yeah. And so great for more and more kids to get to, to see themselves in books. Well, I definitely hope that any teachers, librarians, parents um, go out and get your copy of A Walk in the Woods. This should be on every child's bookshelf, every classroom and library bookshelf. And it's just been such an honor to get to talk to both of you. You are both children's book royalty. And so it's been um, very exciting. And I've been looking forward to this and been fascinating to hear about sort of the mystical process behind um, the creation of it. So congratulations to both of you on the book. And thank you for being here. Thank you. Links to all of the books mentioned on this week's episode, you can visit abookishhome.com. If you are enjoying the show, I hope you take a minute to subscribe and also rate and review wherever you get your podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would encourage you to share it on social media to help other people find the show and this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone, and happy reading.